What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every single day, free on all platforms, five days a week. The only daily Trailblazers podcast. Why not make it part of your daily routine and listen to Locked on Blazers every day? If you're listening to today's show, you're in for a treat. One of the most fun episodes we do every single year. I am joined by my friend Chuck, Charles Tuggle, and we are sent over-unders by listener Ben. Ben, nobody's doing it better than Ben in the over-under game, and Charles and I are going to go through all of them. Talk pretty much, hit everybody on the roster talking over-unders. Charles? Thank you for coming back for your at least once annual, biannual. I don't know what biannual means. Does that mean every other year? Your regular visit to the podcast. Yeah, we did one last year and we did a checkup too, I think, because I discovered some notes whenever I was putting something down for this in my Google Docs, but yeah. it wasn't even an end of the year uh, checkup, I, I don't think. I think no, it was like a three quarter year. <laughs> yeah, we checked it at mid-season because the the like the roster had totally changed and we were wrong about like, we got maybe all of them wrong. Like we, we, did were really, different. we did really poorly because the whole roster turned over and everything changed. So like, this is a snapshot of now uh, you're listening to Friday, October 14th show. Uh, when we get all this wrong in February, just remember that this is what we thought in October and, and maybe we sounded correct. Uh, but this, this one is a ton of fun. Uh, so if, if you are a new listener, welcome. I'm super happy to have you. If you have a friend who you're trying to like get into the show because the season is here, throw him this one is a, is a fun one. Cause we're going to touch on everything. Charles, uh, let me shout out Ben real quick. I believe it's Ben yeah. underscore Sprouse on Twitter, but let me make sure that Ben gets the proper. I imagine Ben doesn't care about the Twitter love, but yeah, we got at Ben underscore Sprouse on Twitter. Ben sends these every year and they rock. Uh, we're going to compliment you throughout the show, Ben, because I think we like these lines a bunch, but, but thank you. Thank you so much to Ben Charles. You ready to do this? Let's do it. First one, Damian Lowers three-point shooting over under 37% from three on the season. Where are you at? I'm thinking under. I'm thinking Hater. I'm thinking that the team maybe needs Dame to do too much, uh, which Dame is always willing to do. Uh, maybe sometimes in the best of ways, maybe sometimes in not as great ways, but uh, maybe this results in a lesser quality shot selection. Um I expect him to have a great year. That's a big story for this season, but I'm thinking it's a little under this high volume. Sure. Uh, if it was at 36%, where are you? Still over under 36? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe over. Yeah. Still, okay, I, think, so you, I think I'm close here. You're very close to the line. So I'm over. I'm over. I'm, I think I'm generally a believer in Dame's jump shooting. He was like he shot under 33% from three last year, 32.4% in his 29 games with the Blazers. But the prior two seasons, over 10 attempts a game, 39%, and over 10 attempts per game, 40%. We have, um, we've got pretty good examples of him being a high volume gunner. Like as, I mean, you've watched a lot of Blazer games in your time. You've seen it. Uh, we've been there for a handful of them. But like, uh, I, I do agree with you that the offense looks such that it won't be as smooth and as fluid and as, um, you know, they don't look like a top five offense right now. So I'm, I understand your, uh, I understand your maybe concern here, but I'm going over. I'm glad we disagree on the first one. 
I've got another one for you. Over under Anthony Simons, 21.7 points per game. And as Ben notes, because Ben's the best, this is CJ's average points per game from the 2015 season to the 2021 season. Over the, That was a six-year average of CJ. He's basically a 22-game score. 21.7 for Ant, over or under. Yeah, I'm going under here. Uh, also thinking of Team Harmony, balance, who's getting shots up. And Jeremy Grant, I think, deserves, yep. deserves some shots. Um, so many to go around last year when Ant was, was getting his run and having his good stuff. Um, but to be close to CJ sort of consistency for those, for those years would be a great thing for the Blazers, but I'm going under here. Yeah. I'm also under, I think this is a really good line. Like I, I think, I think Ant is going to average like 20, you know, like, I think he's going to be right in that range. Yeah. 19, Um, 18. Yeah. But I'm with you on the Jeremy Grant thing. I think Jeremy Grant soaks up just enough offense that, um, that there isn't that, that Ant isn't averaging a consistent 22. Um, I'd be surprised. I'm, I I probably am higher than you. I'm probably above the, I I probably think he'll be out of the teens just because of the way it's the offense is going to work. But I would say Amphrey Simons, if, if I have a criticism of him so far, like I don't think he played very well in preseason, but nobody did. So like, whatever, Jeremy Grant played pretty well preseason, but nobody, but I wish it was a little more selfish in preseason. I feel like there were some times where he could have just launched a three pointer the, the moment he caught it and he didn't. Um, maybe that's just the feeling out period and all of those things. And maybe he'll be selfish, but I, you know, you want good shooters to shoot it, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's like a key. Yeah, so I, maybe he gets more catch and shoots this year too. That can, yeah. um, can yeah. keep his uh, points per game up. In theory, he'll, he's going to get more catch and shoot and t- attempts. It, we'll see how it works in practice. But in theory, yeah, right? Like he's going to be, um, he's going to be. He's like one of the league best at that yeah. last year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. The last two years, he's he's ranked above in the, you know, uh, f- the good folks at B-Ball Impact, you know, catch and shoot um, numbers. He's, he's 95th percentile. I believe he's in the, the high 90s as well over on uh, Ben Falk's indispensable stat site as well. So yeah, like, he might blow past this, right? Like it's a, if we're both wrong, we're both wrong. That's good news. It's good news for us. If we're both wrong, yeah, but that's uh, great. yeah. Uh, over under 45 games started for Nazir little. Yeah, this is a tough one. That's the big question around just lineup issues right now, preseason going into the season, how that's going to change. Who's going to fit in at the three spot. Um, I'm going under here. Yep. I think there's so many other options. Like the dilemma is just leaning to, to me saying he's not going to start over half of the games. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's going to be Josh Hart on night one, which means that he already, that's, you know, not going to change it on night two. So you got, you thinking like that's six, seven, eight games before you like totally scrap the starting lineup, at least five. So now it's like, oh, does he start 45 of the remaining 77? Okay, he's got to be healthy. He's got to like it's 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 a bunch of things. I'm under two. I, this is a pretty easy under for me. I think 35 would have been a line where I started to say, uh, okay, um, I, but I wouldn't have thought this. Like, and Ben, to be clear, Ben Ben sent this to me like a week ago, so things have changed um, a little bit, a little bit. So yeah, I'm I'm easy under. I don't think Nas hits 45 starts. Um, it'd be better for the Blazers if he was good enough to start 45 games. Like, yeah. Yeah, if you can sort of plug and play all sorts of those guys in the position and, and get that productivity and the balance and the starting or or otherwise lineups, that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about Josh Hart here in a second. Uh, I got one more for you. Gary, I got like a million more for you, but I got one more for you here. G- Gary Payton the second over under 19 and a half minutes per game, 19.5 minutes per game for Gary Payton the second. Over. 
I'm believing in, in GP2's uh, versatility uh, and ability to fit into a few different sort of lineups. Plays pretty big for his size and obviously can play with those small lineups and, and, and provide value at a few different solid NBA things. Yeah. Uh, I'm going over here. I am also over. Um, I, I don't know what the line is that I wouldn't go over. I think it's probably 24, but I'm over. I'm, I, I think he's going to play a bunch. Um, this is one of those that like we could be wrong because like if the roster changes over, um, maybe he, maybe he doesn't play as much because they need, they need somewhere, somewhere else. But I, I think he got paid. They mm-hmm. paid him to be, they, they paid him to be part of this. Him. Right. They paid him to be part of this. They pursued him and they really need a point of attack defender. Like the defense in the preseason, they're just letting people get past him. Like, like just, you, I mean, you've seen it. <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't need to convince you, but you dear listener, like they're letting people get past him. They need someone who can stop the ball at the point of attack. And GP is that guy. Um, news today, as we're recording this, the Blazers announced that uh, Gary Payton will miss at least the first two weeks of the regular season. He'll be, he's still recovering from abdominal surgery that he had in July. And he, uh, he will be reevaluated in two weeks. That doesn't mean he's going to return in two weeks. That sounds like he's probably going to return in at least three weeks, typically how that works. But at least, at least the first two weeks of the season hasn't been cleared for five on five stuff. Hasn't done anything in training camp. Um, I, I guess he did ride the bike and was on the broadcast. So he did that during training camp. It's pretty funny on the broadcast. Uh, if you got to see that clip, he's um, check it out over on. He chuckles, you know, yeah. He laughed. Get, he get into team culture. All right. Yeah, exactly. He seems like, like I am rooting for him to be um, part of the plan because he's funny and likable. Like he's a great personality. So, um, you know, from a selfish media standpoint, I'm like, come on GP over. Yeah, over, over. Get him in there. Get him in there. All right, we got more overs. Uh, we we got more over unders sent to us by Ben, and we will do that in the second segment. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. They got more lines, more props, more odds than ever before. Before the season starts, you can get in all of your over under win totals for every single team in the league. And then once the NBA starts popping off, you can bet in game, you can bet pregame lines, props, odds, everything you want. All, all season long on every single NBA game. If you don't want to bet on basketball, they got everything else covered, including football season with the NFL and college football rolling along all weekend, every weekend, all winter. So check it out. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Charles, we got a couple more over under sent to us by Ben Sprouse. You ready for these? Let's go. Yeah, you looked you looked ready. Okay, Yusuf Nurkic over under 28 minutes per game. Gotta scroll up my documents, but I know yeah, the I moved these around under. on you. Yeah, I moved these around on you. Sorry. <laughs> Just had to check if I was thinking something else, but under. Um yeah, this has been an issue in his career of just sort of consistent minutes played, not to mention other sort of consistent or inconsistent productivity. Uh, I'm going under here. Um, maybe the fact that we don't have too many big backups affects that if he stays healthy and and fit, but under. Yeah, I'm under as well. Like he's been a foul machine in um, in preseason. There's a lot of talk about him being out of shape. And, and I think Chauncey Billups even acknowledged it today that, that Nurk is just like, you know, even playing in Bosnia, it's not this or playing with the Bosnian national team at Eurobasket. It's just not the same shape 
that you need to be in to play what the Blazers like NBA style basketball and what the Blazers want to do um, because he's being asked to do a lot defensively and he's asked to set a bunch of screens and it's just a big ask for him. Uh, even when he was playing like close to his peak, he was playing like, you know, at his, at his sort of peak 29 minutes a night. I think the combination of early being out of shape early, maybe being a little foul prone um, and the Blazers being pretty comfortable going small, at least in theory, we haven't really seen it, but at least in theory, comfortable going small. I'm under on Nurk at 28 minutes per game. I don't think he dips more than 26. Cause as you mentioned, like not a lot of other options. So yeah. I'm, he's not going to be much lower, but I'm I'm under 28 per game. The next one, Jeremy Grant, over under three and a half three point attempts per game. Over, over. I like the I like the Jeremy Grant inclusion for a number of reasons. As one is uh, hopefully some open three point shooting opportunities. Yeah, I mean, he was well over that in his Detroit days. Different exactly. role, different fit, different expectations. Exactly. So I wouldn't expect that he was at like six, like a year ago or two years ago, six, uh, three point uh, attempts a game. Um, yeah, so I'm going I, I over it. here. I got it. My notes five, 5.4 last season, 6.1 with Detroit, his first year there, um, in Denver, where he had maybe a role that we think is somewhat similar to what he'll get with the Blazers five and a half, at, uh, excuse me, I'm screwing. I'm looking at the wrong column, three and a half attempts per game in Denver and, in OKC 3.7 attempts. I think it's that three and a half number is what Ben got it from is when he was a role player, it was about three and a half. Oh, I'm, I'm over. I think he's going to play a boatload of minutes and I think he's going to be, um, I think he's be a big part of the offense. The question is like, can he get rid of, he, he has a little tendency to take long twos, a little long, mm, long two mm, heavy. Can, some disciplined shooting could help. Yeah, huh? exactly. Cutting out the long two diet. And then you, uh, and then you get a, you get three and a half. I'm over, I'm over three and a half uh, for, for Jeremy as well, but I do think it's a good line. I think three and a half, like it's right there. Like we can do put the line at 3.8, Ben. We got you. Um, we got you. He's over. Okay. Next one, Josh Hart. Over under 49 and a half games played for the Portland Trail Blazers. Let me give you a little context before you answer this one. Game 50, you can't change your answer, by the way. Game 50 is January 30th. The trade deadline is February 9th. By February 9th, they will have played 55 games if he's traded the day of the deadline. Does Josh Hart get to game 50? Over under 49 and a half games played for Jay Hart. Yeah, this one uh, threw me off a little bit, and I was I was troubled by the implications of the question, just because it revolves around trades, and yeah, and he's certainly an asset that you'd include in in a lot of trades, almost any trades. Yeah, when he's good like, enough, but maybe not good enough to stay. It's uh, yeah, it's a special <laughs> a special role in the NBA, but a known one. Um, totally. as just a known asset as well. Uh, I'm going over just because I like him as a player. I feel like I'm just fanning on this one. Yeah, I'm going I over. I like him as a player. I want to see how he fits with our squad. Yeah, you want him to play, right? Like I, I, I actually believe in him, kind of. Yeah. Uh, do you? I, I am. I'm going under just because I think they have to trade him and um, <laughs> say the he trade misses. has to be coming then right, at some point. You know, he'll miss a game with like the flu or something, and then he'll um, get traded a day before the trade deadline and he'll play 49 games. Like it's like, it, you know, it's, it's, I think is a really, really fun one. What do you think about Josh Hart at small forward? Like he's going to start at small forward. What do you, what, what are your feelings on that? I think in an ideal basketball scenario for Josh Hart, I think he's playing like the four 
or yeah, no, I mean he he maybe even a small ball five in like moments in playoffs or something. I'm not I'm like not going that. that far with you, but he's he has some powerful. I maybe tendencies. like him just in bigger role in smaller lineups, ideally. Um, but that sort of versatility or switchability is is helpful in that role. Yeah, in the three that is. Yeah, I, I don't love him as a three or a four next to Damon Ant. Like if he wasn't next to Damon Lord and Amphrey Simons, I'm all, I'm I I like. Josh Hart as power forward is like interesting to me. Like I think he could play three and four fine on a different, in a different scenario. Like I think he can guard mm. threes, but it's like you'd be better off if he didn't have to guard every single big three. And he was like you said, like this switchy, smaller, like jack of all trades kind of Swiss Army knife, which I think is what they envisioned him as. To be clear, like they envisioned having Gary Payton healthy, and they envisioned having Nas take a step forward and Justice Winslow, and so like the position specifically would matter less. Like what Josh, what position Josh Hart is playing would matter less because they have defensive versatility, but with the starters and next to those two, I, I, I mean, I don't even think Josh Hart's bad. I just think it's like, I, I'm with you. I, I like, I really like his game. Um, he's just, it's not, I, it's not a perfect fit. It's not a perfect fit. And I feel like you get less out of Hart because what he's really good at on offense is, is with the ball in his hands as a decision maker, as a driver. Um, and I think that also kind of takes a mute, some of his offensive um, in his offensive, like, in, like whatever, uh, what he can offer you on the offensive end, like his, his impacts is, is muted is the word I've been searching for and failing because he's playing with Ant and Dame and, and Jeremy Grant. And like, if you're going to throw a guy a bone on the, on the starting lineup, it's going to be Nurk. Like if you're going to be like, okay, we got to get another guy a touch. You're going to yeah, throw it into yeah. the big fella. Um, so I'm a big Josh Hart believer. I'm not a very big Josh Hart believer as this version of the Portland trailblazers starting small forward, but We'll see. I mean, this is we're we're talking four preseason games. Like I, I have been really down on this team, admittedly, um, in the preseason. But like, I also very much recognize that we're talking about four exhibition games and then a fifth exhibition game where they didn't even play anybody. I mean, they played Jaden Sharp and he went nuts. But like, it's not, it's not, it's just not the same. Big questions around the those spots, you know. Uh, looking forward to a larger sample size, but also just real games flat out. Yeah, exactly. Same. It's like, I want to like learn more, but it's like, what I want to see is just play a, play a game that matters where you have to play guys into the fourth quarter and you have to make decisions like, Hey, we're doing a game. Yeah, exactly. We're down six with seven minutes left. Who are the dudes I want on the court? I I am. I'm with you on that. So let's see some real basketball. Okay. Over under justice Winslow 2.0 assists per game. 2.0. I'm under here. I think Winslow has those passing skills and abilities he's shown in his career, but he's had so many interruptions to his seasons and his whole career. So I'm just, I'm betting against him here under it's kind of like the reliability of, of hearts that I'm backing. I'm not backing in justice Winslow's case, um, so- but a part of that, just, just chimera kind of players, right. Uh, wing players with all these different skills that don't, <laughs> that maybe make a great player together, but individually have some flaws. I, I agree. You get a Justice Winslow, Josh Hart, and your little com- combo. That's a throw, throw in the hands of GP2, maybe. Oh, my goodness. That's Kawhi Leonard, basically. Um, that's uh, maybe not the post game. Kawhi yeah. might have been, been too high. I might have gone too far. I went too far. Uh, I, I have written in my notes cautious over. I'm a cautious over on this. And got a caveat. Here's why. In 12.9 minutes last season with the Los Angeles Clippers in a very limited role, 
Justice Winslow averaged 1.4 assists per game. Dude dimes it up. Um, That's good. (laughs) So, you know, that's 13 minutes a night. He's averaging like an assist and a half. If I think he plays 17 with the Blazers, I'm like, I guess I'm penciling in one more assist. I'm penciling or a half of an assist. Um, So I'm I'm a cautious over. I'm a cautious over. I, I, I like this line from Ben. I think this is right at the line. One and a half. I'm easily over Two. Um, I'm uh, I have some trepidation there. Okay. Over under Drew Eubanks, three and a half rebounds per game. Yeah. Earlier mentions of uh, lack of depth in the front court lead me to believe that Eubanks will be relied upon uh, at times, at least. Yeah, I'm going over some... over here. He's been solid kind of rebounder in his career. Yeah. yeah, he has been. He has been. So, like, I I think you made a good point. I'm also over. Uh, when when if Drew Eubanks plays big minutes, he's going to grab a boatload of rebounds. And there's going to be nights when the Blazers, when if Nurk isn't available, and I think throughout his career, Nurk's had some availability issues, as you mentioned earlier in the show. Um, and those nights when Drew Eubanks is asked to play something like 20 minutes a night or whatever. He's going to grab a bunch of rebounds. He's a really good rebounder. Um, when in year two with the Spurs, like his first real year in the league after, you know, came in and played some 10 days as a rookie. And then he had a two-way contract where he kind of really cut his teeth with the Spurs early on. He, he averaged 3.9 rebounds a game in 12.4 minutes a night. So he played like 12 minutes a game, 12 and a half minutes a game and grabbed four rebounds. Um, I don't think he's going to have that big of a role with the Blazers. So maybe some garbage time will eat into his uh, rebounding totals because he'll play three minutes. That counts as a game. He won't get a board, you know, that type mm-hmm. of thing. But but I'm, I, I think you're, you hit it on the head. Like he's, if he's, I think he's out of the rotation to be clear to begin the season. I think Olivier Saar jumped him in the rotation, um, mm. but Olivier Saar also hurt his wrist and is going to be reevaluated in a week. So guess what? Drew Eubanks back up in there, baby. Step <laughs> up. Yeah, exactly. So it's like he, he, he actually probably did lose his job and then an injury Well, he's back. Um, they probably have to play him some minutes. If Saar is not available, some minutes, not a bunch. I'm over on three and a half rebounds a game for Drew Eubanks. Okay. One more before we head to the third segment, Trendon Watford. Six and a half points per game on the year for Trenton Watford, over under. Under here, uh, different different shot opportunities this year compared to last year. Yeah, you know, fresh off the uh, Summer League Championship, right? But um, feeling good. Good skills. I like him as yeah, a player, I like really. Too, I just, yeah. I don't know if we'll get the opportunities to get there. Uh, same, same. I'm under as well. Uh, when after he was so he basically like didn't play for the first 35 games last year he just like wasn't part of the the plan he was a undrafted player on a two-way contract those dudes don't play very much um so yeah and then but he got like once the season kind of changed uh he started playing for real in january january 3rd he basically played every game until he got hurt he took that that spill late in the year and ended his season uh from january 3rd on he averaged 21.1 minutes a night and scored 8.9 points um so he was at nine points per game in a 20 minute roll with the ball in his hands a whole bunch I don't see that minute load. I don't see the usage level. I'm under on six and a half for, for Trenton Watford. Yeah. He was eating last year, but this year it's going to be hungry. Yeah. Yeah. He's still the floater King though. You see that you see my man pulling up from with one hand inside 15 feet. It's going in. 
Um, but like hard to live on a diet of floaters when you're not the like main dribble handoff featured grab and go empowered to do whatever a guy um, you kind of need to shoot jumpers or get rebounds. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see where Trenton fits in. He's, he also, um, you know, he's been dealing with that hip flexor. He left the final preseason game with a hip flexor. The Blazers have not released an update on him and the way mm. they do things now, that's good news. Uh, the, they used to just now they, now they send out like press releases. If there's like a bad injury news, we got a press release today on Jeremy on excuse me on Gary Payton. We got a press release today on Olivier Saar. No press release on Trendon Watford. That's good news for Trendon. Uh, the lack right. of pre- lack of press release is good news on Trendon. <laughs> He's been dealing with that. Um, he I, I talked to him a little bit uh, during one I forget which one it was, but during one of the preseason games, or, uh, and he said he's kind of been dealing with it for a little while. For basically, he's, it's just kind of tightened up on him, and he mm. he took a spill in one of the. Uh, one of their mini camps, one of their games, the scrimmages that they're playing in, in pre in their, uh, in their team in training camp. And he said it really started to bother him. And then he left early in their final preseason game. So I think trends going to be fine, but still I'm under on this. Okay. I got some more over unders. We're talking young guys, uh, to close out the show. Join, join us in the third segment. Won't you still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Grichman, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Still doing over-unders with my friend Chuck Charles Tuggle, courtesy of Ben Sprouse, at Ben Sprouse on Twitter, the over-under king, the god. Uh, Charles is Charles is out here enjoying a beverage and making Blazers predictions. It doesn't get better than this. I'm telling you, this is one of my favorite episodes of the year, so share it with your pals. Okay, here's a big one. Over-under, 34 and a half games played for Shaden Sharp. Yeah, it's fanboy time again. I'm going yes, over. Let's do it. I do. Going you over. <laughs> Get this boy some run. Yeah. Let this young man do his thing. Yeah. Uh, clear potential in him. Lots of talent. Exciting. He's got to play in some way or another. Yeah. So, would you say that Shane Sharp reminds you more of prime Michael Jordan or <laughs> or uh, pre injuries Tracy McGrady? Yeah, yeah. The, the the actual comp that came comes to my mind uh, is is a Paul George, which is also like very very flattering. You just named obviously better players yeah, than Paul I'm, George, I'm... respectively. But Paul George is nice. Can I say something that's going to sound like an insult that I, that he reminds me of? Say it, Andrew Wiggins. Hmm. Andrew Wiggins, dude's a. You bucket. think there's some of that listlessness to him? I I hope not. Uh, the Andrew Wiggins is coming off a monster postseason when he was the second best player on a championship team. Amazing in the like, playoffs. He was so, so, so good. Um, if you were, could read Charles and I's text messages, I'm saying like Andrew Wiggins is a, it's like he's 20 minutes away from winning finals MVP. What's happening? Redemption arc. Love yeah, it. Obviously he didn't because Steph, like you saw what Steph Curry did in game four. It was over at that point. Um, and Draymond came back and he was really good in the final three uh, games of that series. And Clay was really good in the final couple games of that series. But like Wiggins was great in the playoffs. He was great. So I don't, I don't mean it as a slight. No, I mean, even in those early listless days, Wiggins was productive. A bucket, an absolute (laughs) bucket from the moment. 20 a game on like bad Wolves teams, but but 20 a game. From the moment he stepped out on the court, he could score in the league. I don't think Sharp is that far along, but like 
Andrew Wiggins played a bunch of high level basketball. Like Andrew Wiggins was playing with team Canada when he was 15, not like the senior team, but like he was playing uh, in, you know, high level uh, international competitions as a 15 year old. I saw him here in Portland at 15 and I was like, Oh, I, like this is the, this is the best teenager I've ever seen play basketball. So like, I'm a, that's for me, it's really high praise. Um, yeah, you know, obviously it is. Wiggins it is. Yeah. Obviously Wiggins played like high level division one basketball at Kansas. Like he just had more reps, same, same age coming to the league, a little older, but you know, same six months range coming to the league, like more reps. I'm over on 34 and a half games played. I think I, I mean, I said it on a podcast earlier this week, I think they should play shade and sharp every single night. Like they look, mm-hmm. they don't look very good. There's no reason to not play the young guy. If you're not very good, if they yeah, were good yeah. and healthy and all those things, like I was saying early in the preseason, there's no room for Shaden Sharp. It's hard for good teams to play young guys. It's hard for good teams to like commit a bunch of minutes to a 19 year old and they still might not. Um, but yeah, like play him, play, play, play young Andrew Wiggins as much as you can, because like he can become the second best player on a team that wins the championship. <laughs> I, I, you know, love I, that optimism. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Second best player on team that wins a championship in Portland. Let me be clear. He's not going <laughs> to leave. He's not going to leave to go to the to the bright lights, big city of San Francisco. Uh, okay. Over under 0.9 steals per game for Keon Johnson. I'm going under here. I just don't know how much he plays. He's going to play a lot early with no GP, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going under here, but I, I don't know him much as a player, so yeah, he definitely has shot good in hands. the dark. Yeah, he definitely has good hands defensively. I think one, I think one steal a game is a little aggressive, um, just because getting steals is hard. Like Keon Johnson could be a good mm-hmm. defensive player, and not so. I'm I'm a cautious under also in this one. Um, he's he's really active on defense. Like he's he's a really active player on defense, and I think with no GP for the first two three weeks of the season, and maybe longer, we'll see. But at least two weeks of the season. That's a bunch of minutes for Keon. Like that's a bunch. Like he's going to play 20 minutes a night or something off the bench. Like um, probably more than you would want him to uh, because he's still young and developing and he's going to have nights where he looks really good. And like, he's a young player. He's just going to be inconsistent. He's going to have nights where he looks really, really bad. Um, You know, I think early in the preseason, he was, he had some really good nights. And then the last preseason game against the Warriors, he had a pretty rough outing. Um, and I think you're going to see that I'm under on steals, but I do like Keon Johnson's defensive potential. I really like how active he is on defense. Quick, a tangent really quick steals as a metric is, is a stat that I pay zero attention to. Wow. Say I that feel like just a, at this point in time with how I view defense or how we're like learning to measure defensive effectiveness in different ways. And I, yeah, I don't take much note of, of steals as far as like your old school box score stuff goes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I you mean, just end up with the ball, man. Like yeah. sometimes it comes right to you when you're playing defense. Just Or it's, or it's a sign that you gambled, right? It's a sign that maybe you didn't play good defense that you're just like, you know, Russell Westbrook was one among the league leaders in steals. I don't think he's ever been a particularly good defender. He's been impactful at times on defense. John sure. Waller I mean, early, yeah. early in his career had a lot of steals. That right. Seemed and to he's get probably by a lot too. Yeah. Probably not a very good defensive player. Right. Yeah. Like it's like really good athletes who, who kind of cheat the, the system. Also like Chris Paul, very good defensive player has been among the leaders in steals. Uh, John Stockton has more steals than anyone will ever have again. Um, and from the way they tell it, 
the greatest, the greatest defender I never saw. The greatest defender I only saw after his 33rd birthday because I was, I was 10 in 1998. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah, I, 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 that's interesting. I, I think that's a fun tangent. Like, I, I, I think, I think steals are a good indicator, maybe early of, oh, hey, this guy plays defense, he gets after it. Mm, but in terms of being activity. like. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it's maybe a bad indicator, not a bad, but it's maybe a less meaningful indicator when you get a little bit later on. Cause it's like, you could see it, right? Like you could just watch him play and it's like, is he playing good defense or is this guy just like a, a ball hawk steel, you know, steel hawk or whatever it is. Okay. Next one over under 32% from three point range for Jabari Walker. Yeah. I'm going under here. I just, I don't Hater. know much about this player. I mean, does he, have a shooting stroke will he get yeah, enough yeah. run to get consistency and rhythm or will especially he go as a young player yeah 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 oh for one in one random game yeah i, I feel that so that um, tough. he was over he was i'm over on this uh i'm over on this one well pretty big jabari walker fan i would say like i just like his game so this is me fanboying out on jabari um he shot 39.9 percent on 150 college three-pointers uh that includes 34 and a half percent on 104 threes as a sophomore. It's pretty, that's a pretty, it's pretty good volume. Um, that's yeah. Yeah. That's, so it did more research than I did. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> that's cause I wanted to believe I'm like, I'm like, but I'm sticking I, to my guns under. Yeah. So I would say that the shot has looked, um, you know, he's made some in preseason and I'm not going to look, I have refused to look at the box scores in preseason. So I won't. Um, but like, yeah, I don't think he's looked totally out of his depth shooting NBA threes. Uh, I worry that because he's going to have probably a pretty low minute role unless things go south, particularly early in the season for, you know, first half of the year, it's a pretty safe bet mm -hmm. that a 20 year old drafted 57th is not going to jump into the regular rotation as much as fans might want. Um, everyone's like, why isn't Jabari playing more? It's like, he's 20 and he was drafted 57th. These dudes, these dudes typically don't, play like these are guys who no, develop no. And how get many there. shots can he get up if he does get a few minutes you know totally Sometimes so it's like there are more important things to show as a young player you know totally him as a rebounder and all those things yeah so I, I do think there's a chance that he goes like he has like a lot of nights where he goes oh for one from three but if he goes one for one from three that's a hundred percent baby it's a hundred percent <laughs> that's a good way to think about it yeah that's that's a little math i know i got a math some math centric listeners a little math Solid. for you yeah that's that's a, that's a stupid some stupid math for you okay um uh, we got a couple fun ones and then we got a, a, a prediction uh over under 0.5 dunk contest appearances for greg brown the third i'm going under here yeah Presented Same. to me as GB3, it actually took me like a few seconds to oh, no. realize who that was. <laughs> <laughs> Do people regularly call him GB3? Uh, or on the broadcast, I I noticed them calling that him that, and I know his like his teammates call him GB, like for sure. Okay, they don't okay. usually do the three, but his teammates for sure call him GB. Okay, um, so no no disrespect, Greg. I'm sorry, but the, those yeah, few no, seconds where I was thinking, I was like, for that reason, he won't be there because. They go for more fanfare these days. Yep. Even it's younger players. Uh, kid from um, kid from Houston Green last year, Jalen Green. Yep, yep, Jalen Green. Things like players like that. Even if you can jump. Yeah, like Shaden Sharp is more likely to get invited than Greg Brown, right? Like it's it's if yeah, if you're just gonna. Buzz. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I guess not since like the days of. Uh, remember when Derek Jones Jr. made the dunk contest and he had played like 
something like 19 minutes for the Suns. He'd like he had appeared he had appeared in like multiple contests in the end. Wasn't yeah, well, he? it was Two like he, three he or... like appeared in like 11 games, and it was like he appeared in 11 games like a freak athlete, and he played like 19 total minutes and makes a dunk contest. I have at this point no idea who he is. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. I don't like. I'm like, you know, I feel like I know every player in the league, right? Like, and I'm like. Oh, I don't, I do not know who that is. And then remember James Flight White? Remember him? Oh yeah, James White, legend. Yeah. He also won legend. the McDonald's High School American uh, dunk, contest. dunk Contest. Yeah. Dunk Contest GOAT. James, James White very well may have been in the league so the Knicks could have someone compete in the dunk contest. I, I, <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think there's some truth that James He's White He's a corporate plug. Light White was in there so the Knicks could have someone in the dunk contest. Didn't win it. Um, was James a pretty Dolan, good MSG industry plant. James White. Guy can dunk. Sign him up. Sign him up. So, like, I think there are times when guys have gone from, like, complete obscurity to make the dunk contest. But uh, I think they're going the other way. They're trying to bring the dunk contest back and make it less crap. because it's It turned, has it's, to have bigger players. It just has to. Even if they're not better dunks, I, I, I feel. Can I offer a tangent? Yeah, Le- LeBron James's biggest failing is not doing the dunk contest. <laughs> He's so soft for that. I it's, love LeBron. It's he cowardice so garbage. Ducked it for years. Cowardice garbage ruined. Should be little jet- comments about it, you know, around All Star break. Well, I don't know if I'll ever do it. And like, dude, come on, come on. For a generation of hoopers not seeing the guy do the dunk contest, LeBron's obsessed with being MJ. When he was like 23 or 24, he could have just done a whole bunch of powerful windmills and maybe like a free throw line dunk and won it easy, you know, just with his name and it just is him as a player. He literally could have just put on the MJ gold chain, done the worst free throw line dunk you've ever seen. And the world would like, he was the best player in the league for like seven consecutive seasons. Just go and do the dunk contest. You dummy. It's weak. Um, it's weak. Yeah. The decision was better than that, you know, than that indecision. Not Agreed. To Jim Gray should have been there, you know, spoon feeding him easy dunks. He should have had Jim Gray come on there and throw him a lob pass. Um, LeBron, you, you idiot. No, just kidding. One of I'm I'm like legitimately one of my all time favorite players. Um, of my uh, I'm in a fantasy basketball league and someone drafted LeBron James in my, in my league pretty relatively early. And they were like, I hate drafting players. I hate. And I just texted them immediately off the chat of the thing. And I was like, I'm so sorry that you have to watch one of the most fun players of our generation on a regular basis. Like uh, that's, that stinks for you. Um, okay. Super aside, <laughs> super aside. And uh, I'm letting you in on the inside that I do play fantasy basketball. I'm a nerd. Um, you all, if you listen to the podcast, you know, okay. Olivier Saar with this, is the final one that we got a prediction. Olivier Saar 0.5 contracts converted to an NBA contract over under basically Olivier Saar, who the Blazers announced today, got one of their two way spots. They're leaving the other one open. Cause they're going to sign someone else or whatever. Olivier Saar, will he get his contract converted from a two way deal to a regular, a regular NBA deal this season? Yes, let's bet on him. Let's bet on young feller to, let's to, go. To, to cash those checks. I'm over as well. Let's go. Let's You're go. tall. Sign him up. He could shoot. He, I mean, in theory, he could shoot. I don't think we've seen we've seen him attempt some threes. I don't think we've seen him like ace a bunch of jumpers. Um, he has made some, to be clear, but it's not like he hasn't made. I've, I haven't watched him like hit four he shoots a basketball. Yeah, absolutely looks comfortable shooting the ball uh, for sure. And his big has some defensive activity. Like I said, like pretty clearly was ahead of Drew Eubanks in the pecking order. Like I think he was the Blazers backup center on opening night. 
but then he sprained his wrist in that preseason game against the Warriors. And now he's maybe, you know, I, I guess just, you know, he had a press release released about like they gave the man a press release. That usually means the injury is relatively serious or so I, I think he's probably not going to be ready on opening night just based on how press releases work, which means he's not going to, you know, not going to be there. But I, I yeah, I'm, I'm thinking by the time the Blazers make some trades, they've got 14 roster spots by the time they move some stuff around. Sar is the guy who gets rewarded um, and and that's why they got him. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm over. Um, I'm also betting on the big fella who started at Wake Forest. Um ACC ACC legend before transferring to Kentucky. Uh, okay, final one. Blazers wind prediction. Over under 42 and a half wins. I'm going under here. This is the, the softy sad boy fanboy in me. It just goes, oh, I've seen this show before. <laughs> um, other, I checked my local betting site at their odds on the blazes new the line was 39 uh, and let a me, half let me stop you real quick uh you checked bet you online. probably have a line though right yeah well let's i'm gonna stop you there because i know that with the place that you went to is actually betonline.net uh that more lines it. more lines more props more odds than anywhere else it's bet online where the game starts i know that's where you went to to, to place your wagers so their line was 39 and a half let's say <laughs> um <laughs> yeah um so I was on a, a interesting a, sort of variance there, isn't there? Yeah, Between yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and theirs. Yeah, I, I think 39 and a half is the one I've seen most commonly, even at other mm. books that aren't betonline.net, uh, the, the official betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, but uh, yeah, I would probably go over 39 and under 42 and a half, over 39 and a half, under 42 half. I think it's like a 40 win team. I, I, I was actually forced to do this in a public place. So I'm just going to stick with my guns. 42, 42 is the number I had him at before I even saw Ben's over unders 42 mm. is the number I had him at. I'm going to stick there. Um, I would say the preseason has made me feel less confident about 42 wins about them being a winning basketball team, mm. but um, I don't want to bet against Dame and um, cause he's, He's burned me in the past by overachieving a couple times. Yeah, Typically I, has overachieved. Hopefully he's back. And I just, the West is so tough this it year. Is. It is. If the Blazers go over Ben's line here, like they're in good shape. I feel like coming into the playoffs, you know, Agreed. Like, if, if they win 43 games, they might finish like six or seven, right? Like 40, yeah. 40 43 is going to be comfy in there. Cause I think, of, I think teams are going to beat up on each other. I don't think there's a 60 win team in the West this year. Like, I don't think there's just one of those. Yeah. That's interesting sort of question tangent here of who, who wins the West kind of, you know, and, and what sort of number uh, of wins that is. Um, if I had to pick, like I, I would go with one of like, I don't think Phoenix will do it again because I think their vibes are bad. I think their depth took a hit because <laughs> I, I have a bad feeling juju in Phoenix. I have a feeling their vibes are bad, but I think um, depending on what happens with Jay Crowder, like he's like sitting out, you know, cause they're going to trade him. They, they just like, they need another forward. They just don't have that. They miss that size. Like when they had Crowder, they had pretty interesting depth. I think missing him and who they replace him with, I think campaigns fallen off. So I don't think it's Phoenix. I don't think it's Golden State. I don't think Golden State would win the West because I don't think they care about the regular season that much. They're, they know what yeah. it takes to win in June. So I think they're going to, have yeah, their foot Denver's off. Denver's healthy. Do they roll off a bunch of yeah, wins this year? Regular I, season wins, you know? I was going to okay. say, like, it's... And even then, I, though, is that going to be, like, 55 or higher? You know what, I, I don't know. It's interesting Western Conference. You know who I think is a sneaky team to maybe win the West with, like, 57 wins or whatever? Or 
52 wins or whatever it takes. It's, it could be higher than that. It's going to be like 55 is probably what, what wins it. Is Minnesota. I think it's the outside mm. chance Minnesota is that good. Rudy Gobert. Gobert just Utah jazzes it. <laughs> yeah. Regular season juggernaut. As long as you don't, as long as it is in the playoffs where you can scheme him off the floor on any given night, like, I think their defense is going to be really good. Um, I think every Anthony sign. I'm going to call him Anthony because I've been yelled at by calling him Ant so much. But I think Ant, I think Anthony Edwards has a chance to be like a, a all star level player. Like he's really good. Obviously, Carl Anthony Towns is really good. I really like the Kyle Anderson signing. Um, yeah, I don't tough, know that I would tough team. I don't think I would pick them. Like mm-hmm. I, I think I would rather pick Denver to like if I'm just like any random team to win the West. I'll go. I would lean Denver, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in that in that range um, yeah and what haven't mentioned clippers or right the clippers absolutely or lucas mavs so just to illustrate the point that that 42 and a half wins is yeah 43 wins is great for the blazers if that were to happen i don't think they get there what's your number like are you are you at are they a winning team are they above 41 are they above four okay 39 and a half where are you at yeah probably over the 39 and a half line but maybe right there at 40 Right there at 500, kind of in that play on juicy, beefy playing zone that <laughs> I wouldn't want the team to be in, but those games are pretty fun. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so like I'd ride with it. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's not a good place to be. It's probably it's probably impossible to get out of the play in and win a playoff series like that's just a long that's basically like if you're in the if you're in the um, 910, like if you have to play two play ins to get in, yeah. that's what do you play like a nine game playoff series and you're going to advance? Like that's a lot of winning. That's a lot of winning um, to be certain. So it's also a lot of winning. And then you have to beat the number one seed in the West. Who's like the NBA um, for the most part is a meritocracy. Like the season is so damn long that like you get into the like good teams have home court advantage for a reason. And they win because they're good. Uh, Obviously there's injuries and stuff in the playoffs that change the whole thing. But like for the most part, it's meritocracy. Um, it's a long season. You know, a lot yeah. is proven over 82 games. Exactly. That's why they shortened it to 66. We don't, <laughs> we, we, Preach. Just don't, we just don't need the other ones, but that's fine. Um, that's for another day. That's for another podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I probably have the Blazers like as a, as a, in that nine, 10 play play in range. Um, you know, when we did this exercise, me and you before this, this summer, we both had them in that same range. I don't think I feel, I, I probably felt better about them when I called them the 10th best team in the West than I do now. Um, which is mm. like, uh, but there was a time in the middle for between those two moments, but I did, <laughs> I did think they were better. I did think they were better. And I was like, I was like, man, I was pretty harsh on that show. You know, like, let me rethink this. Like, okay, you know, they could be a little better. And I like, and the graph went up and then we're on the other side of the bell curve now. And it's like, whoops, I think wow. they're not very good again. A beautiful parabola of, yeah. of support or lack I just thereof. Didn't, I just didn't record any shows where I got to talk about how good they were. Like I did for sure. Like you could parse through it and see my, like my optimism rise a little bit, but I'm, I'm low. I'm like full disclosure. I'm lower on them now than I have been um, just because I've watched them and I'm, I'm a little worried about him. What's your, are you, what's your concern level with him? Like how, how much, how, how, where are you with him? I'm, I'm generally excited to see Damien healthy and hopefully like chippy, chippy, chippy on both shoulders kind of yeah, yeah. play. Um, but just the defense is just so worrisome for me. Yeah. I, I just don't know if this is sort of a solvable puzzle for this collection of players at the given moment. And then Chauncey Billups, I, I just, I don't really have anything to say about him. Um, 
just hasn't been around long enough. And maybe that's a bad thing at this point too, that I'm sort of reserving judgment to see more um, worries about him as, as a coach really to, yeah, to, to I, get that defense together. Yeah. I would say like, it's, it is pretty okay. If even right now you say, I have no idea what Chauncey Billups can do. Incredible. Just like incredible question mark throughout last season. It was bizarre and not fair to him in year one. Uh, and so far we've seen him coach four preseason games. So who knows? I would say you could say, you know, incomplete, but I don't think you could say he's been good. You know, like I don't, exactly, I, I, exactly. I don't think you could lean the other way. Um, you could say, I don't know yet. And I think that's fair to not know yet, but, that, but to say he's been, I don't think anyone could like squint, squint enough through those rose colored glasses and say, he's been good. You could still have faith in him. Like I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing faith in him, but like, um, we just don't have any bit of the sample size. It's like, yeah, he's pretty good at this. Looks like a coach talks like a coach. Obviously it knows <laughs> a bunch like of, a coach yeah. and a player, but we'll obviously see. like, yeah, like incredible basketball mind. Right. Like he's like, you know, ringing endorsement from from Damien Lillard in that ringer piece that we yeah. were discussing uh, before we hopped on together. Yeah. Uh, Logan Murdoch wrote a piece about Dame's loyalty. You've probably never. Um, it's a new topic that's never been explored before. So if you want to <laughs> if you want to learn more about There's Dame's even loyalty, more quotes about it, could you believe it? Uh, but he, but Dame does. The interesting parts about that article are, are Dame's relationship with Chauncey and relationship with Joe Cronin. I think that's for sure. Uh, and the scenes where he's getting recruited by LeBron James to join the Lakers. I think all of the, for those reasons, I would recommend reading, reading the story for the like Dame extremely loyal to Portland. Like, yes, he recently signed a two year, $122 million contract to remain here. Um, he's skim that paragraph or two and <laughs> keep it moving. Keep it moving. Exactly. <laughs> Charles, uh, thanks for joining the show. I really appreciate it. Dear Pleasure. listeners, dear listeners, come back next week. The season starts next week. It's here. The NBA season is so fun. It's so fun. It is my favorite time of year. I'm absolutely super, super, super duper excited to watch hoops, to talk about hoops with you, to uh, to to bring on my friends who cover the league and my friends who follow the league closely and, and make this podcast a place that you can go every single day to enjoy being a fan of the trailblazers or make it more interesting to be a fan of the trailblazers. If things get a little bit dark, let's be honest. Uh, we're trying to improve the fan experience. So join me every day, free on all platforms, make it your first listen and do me a favor. It's that time of year. Tell your friends about the show. The way people learn about podcasts is word of mouth. You say, Hey, you listen to podcasts? Oh, not really, but I've uh, thought about getting into it. Okay, check out Locked on Blazers. Tell them it's free wherever they get podcasts, and it's also on YouTube, so you can see the inside of my basement and Charles's, and also Charles's apartment. Uh, check us out. Tell your friends to check us out, and come back next week for five more shows. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.